This is the DNVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz. I am your host, and today we are presented by the American Raptors, as always, I should say. Uh, hit up AmericanRaptors.com for some free tickets to their rugby matches, or if going out's not your thing, you can go to the website, that's AmericanRaptors.com, and stream their games for free. Shout out American Raptors. Thank you guys for presenting this show. Wow. Um, where do I even begin, guys? That was rough. That's all I have to say. Um, where do we begin? I mean, we'll start off at the top. Air Force beats CU 41-10 to today. It is week two of the college football season 2022. It was a rainy day in Colorado Springs. Real quick shout out to everyone that came out to the bar and rode the bus down to Air Force. I know it wasn't the most ideal game to go to, but I'm hoping you guys had a lot of fun. Shout out to Ryan and Allie for getting that all set up and taken care of. I hope you guys had a great time and you guys are absolute troopers, not only for going to this game, but for sitting through the rain too. I know it probably wasn't at all what you wanted to see or expect on the football field, but I hope you guys had a great time um, and I hope you all got to hang out and just enjoy each other's company in the wet rain. You guys are troopers for that. Uh, to the game, though, man, guys, that was, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, man. That was pretty ugly. That was really rough. Um, we'll start off from the first half here. Um, of course, JT gets the start. It was heavily rumored. It broke about, oh, I don't know, sometime last night around like 6, 630. Um, someone at Air Force on the media side got a tip that JT was going to be starting. Eventually, our guy, Brian Howell, uh, was able to confirm that, and JT took the field. Uh, first play uh, was a you know read option keeper. Uh, JT kept it, lost three yards, and then the very next play, it looked like the football or I can't remember who was the running back at the time. It might have been Fontenot, it might have been Deion Smith, but it looked like on the play action, uh, the running back's elbow just kind of clipped the football. JT drops the ball. It's on the ground, and it is an immediate turnover. For the Buffs, Air Force then scores on their very first play. Brad Roberts from 14 yards out. Uh, CU went three and out immediately after that. Air Force takes over in CU territory but and was forced to kick a 50-yard field goal. They made it. It was 10-0, another CU three and out. Uh, then Air Force punts after getting only one first down. CU gets the ball, and they are in the shadow of their goal line. And, you know, of course the score didn't look great at this point. It was 10 nothing. But there was a little glimmer of hope. JT finally is able to find Daniel Arias uh, for a decent gain. But immediately after they punt, Air Force then on their next drive kicks a 47-yard field goal. And then at the stop of the second quarter in CU's first drive, JT throws an interception. Um, That would be his only interception. I mean, he did technically throw another, but it was brought back on hold. We'll get to that later. That was a crazy play, by the way. Wow. Um Falcons then score in the short field. They got it on the CU 26. Uh, that was Brad Roberts again. The score at this point is 20 to nothing. And I imagine all of you were feeling pretty down and in the dumps. But the Buffs mounted a good drive immediately following that. Probably their best drive of the season to this point so far. And it was led by Alex Fontenot and Deion Smith. Uh, Buffs scored a touchdown on Deion Smith's longest career run of 25 yards. Air Force would then drive nearly 65 yards. And it looked like they were going to go up 27 to 7 when the when the running back fumbles, like right when he's crossing into the end zone. Uh, they reviewed the play. 
I think Jalen Sammy was the one that forced the fumble. CU gets the touchback, a huge break for Colorado to stay in the game. They would then punt after two Alex Fontenot first down runs. Air Force would take over from their own 17, and CU forced a fumble on a third and one. The Buffs recovered, and then uh, it all kind of unfolded a bit there. I mean, it was a, a zero-yard run. JT throws a pass that's broken up at the line of scrimmage. And then in a weird call, um, you're finally in Air Force territory. I don't have the official yard marker. I mean, it was pretty deep into ter- into that t- Air Force territory. They decided to run on third and 10 with Deion Smith. And um, yeah, I just did not like that play call. I mean, you've seen that this team has struggled offensively in general, but they've also struggled mightily to score points. And it seemed like you know, after the momentum they had on the drive before where they did finally score, uh, they could really capitalize on that momentum and score again, cut the game to 20 to 14 possibly, but they run the ball. Uh, I think they gained like two or three yards. It wasn't much at all. And then they kick a field goal. They cut the lead 20 to 10. And then that about brings it into the half. Um, first half thoughts. I mean, it was amazing that CU kept fighting again, the defense, man, This defense fought tooth and nail all game. They gave the offense so many opportunities to score and to just mount some kind of momentum. While they managed to do that at points during the second half, they weren't quite able to capitalize on all the opportunities presented to them. That leads us to the second half, where again, CU was presented opportunities that they, I mean, we'll get into it. Air Force starts the ball in the second half. They mount a drive about 60 yards uh, or actually, sorry, I'm, I'm mixed up there. They don't aren't able to mount a drive. I think they immediately go three and out. The punter has the ball snapped over his head, and CU takes over from the Air Force 13-yard line. Just a tremendous opportunity, again, presented to CU to claw back into this game. Eventually, as I'm sure you guys know already, Alex Fontenot would get a couple tries at the end zone. He would then fumble the football As he was kind of crossing in over the goal line, it was a very weird play. They reviewed it, and they ruled that it was not a touchdown, that he did indeed fumble the ball. They gave Air Force the ball then on their own one-yard line. Let's talk about the play, though. I know a lot of people saw the ball kind of barely cross over, and there was some controversy as to whether that should have been a touchdown. It should have been a touchdown in my eyes. Uh, Usually when the ball crosses the plane, that signals the end of the play um, because it's a touchdown. Uh, but I guess what the refs saw must have been, I don't know, honestly. Maybe the ball was coming out a bit before uh, Fontenot was actually crossing. Um, I know a lot of people were up in arms about the hit on that play too because Trevor Woods in the first half, I believe it was, or it might have been the drive before um, for Air Force on offense, CU on defense, where Trevor Woods gets thrown out of the game on a targeting. It was actually, it was the second play of the second half. It's just a five yard game. Trevor Woods makes the tackle, but it is reviewed for a weird, weird targeting call. Um, Dane Kinneman was rushing the ball, and I think he kind of made a move. I can't remember exactly right now off the top of my head, but he was just like off balance, kind of stumbling at the end of the play. Which allowed, which made him kind of, you know, dip down, dip his head, and Trevor Woods was already coming in. He was already, you know, showing the form tackle. Of course, he had his head down. He's trying to make a tackle. Um, he wasn't trying to spear the guy, but they make head-to-head contact. Trevor Woods is thrown out of the game. I know a lot of people were kind of using that as the reason why Air Force should have been reviewed for targeting on the Fontenot fumble. 
But honestly, neither of them should have been targeting, in my opinion. I think Trevor Woods should not have been ejected from this game. That was pretty egregious. Um, and honestly, a little bit of abuse of the rule, I think, by the refs. I know a lot of people are complaining about the refs. We'll talk about that a bit later, too. Uh, moving on, though, Air Force, after they get the ball from the Fontenot fumble, it's a short three and out. And CU actually gets a pretty good punt return from Chase Penry. And they're at the, again, they're in the Air Force 40 yard line. Another opportunity for this offense. CU goes three and out. Um, they go for it on fourth down. They run Dion Smith, and he's stuffed behind the line. It's a turnover on downs. Air Force that would then drive the ball about 70 yards for a touchdown. Uh, they complete their first and only pass of the game on that drive. The, the score is now 27 to 10. Um, the Buffs nearly get a big play. This is what I was talking about earlier. The big play from JT to Russell. It was a crazy balance. One, it was a bad throw by JT. I don't know why he threw that football at the game. You could see immediately when he threw the ball, no one was open. It was kind of just a hope and heave. It's in the defender's hands, and it was a wet day out there. So imagine the ball is a bit slippery. It kind of bobbles around as the defender is getting it into his hands, and it finds itself in the arms of Brady, Brady Russell. How It was just amazing. I didn't even know what to think about that play. It looked like the Buffs finally got another break on offense this time and that they were able would be able to mount a drive. Of course, the play is brought back on a hold. CU would eventually punt. Air Force uh, was then neutralized by their fourth fumble that CU would recover. Uh, CU's offense would continue to struggle, though. This is when JT Shrout on fourth down slides just short of the line, and it's another turnover on downs. After that, Brad Roberts had another big run. The score was 34 to 10, and it all just kind of fell apart from there. All right, I'm going to take this opportunity right now uh, in a break in the recap of the game to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery has a birthday coming up, 32 years young. To celebrate, Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long hootenanny. Kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, and games October 8th and 9th at their Little Tin location. They've got national acts like Spin Doctors and local favorites Railroad Earth rocking out. So stay tuned to everything DNVR for Hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Uh, check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artists lineup. Also, shout out to DraftKings. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Bet on an NFL team to win. If that team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if that team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, that's about the recap of the game. As I mentioned, guys, it was pretty ugly. Uh, a lot to talk about and sort of digest. Let's start off at the quarterback, though. I mean, it's been a big topic of discussion all throughout training camp last week and leading up to this week. Would JT finally get his shot? He got his shot, as we mentioned, and, ah, uh, man, I, I don't think it could have gone worse for him, honestly. Maybe it could have with some of the interceptions um, that could have actually counted. JT finishes the game throwing only five completions on 21 attempts. 
He ends up with 51 total yards passing. He has the one interception. He was sacked once. Um, JT just, he just did not look good. Um, maybe some of the weather played into that. Uh, Coach Carl Durrell kind of mentioned that in the postgame presser. But a lot of it, I mean, there were a lot of drops too. Honestly, I lost track of all the drops. A lot of guys had opportunities to make plays. Uh, Brady Russell had to play up the seam. Um, maybe it was a bit behind him. There were all sorts of other guys. I know Maurice Bell had a drop. Um, but also JT was just off too. I mean, a lot of the plays, even the plays where he was on the run, moving, scrambling out and trying to find someone downfield, he was just throwing behind guys that were crossing, um, making it very hard on them to catch the football. Not sure if it was a grip issue. I did, did notice he was wearing gloves at one point. Um, and ironically enough, I guess the receivers or some of the receivers weren't. So that may have contributed to those issues. So the passing game again, just a, a big, big, big uh, struggle of a day for that side of the ball. For CU on the rushing side, though, again, pretty good. Uh, Deion Smith and Fontenot were really getting it going early on. Deion Smith especially. I thought he really showed something today. Uh, it was good to see that guy finally sort of break out. Uh, I know both these guys have faced a lot of injuries and haven't really been able to play a lot of the time that they've been buffs, but I think Deion Smith... Was he was the best offensive player today? Uh, he was explosive in his runs. He was very dynamic. Offensive line was opening up some great holes too early on. Uh, the pass protection was not always there though. JT had to get flushed out a couple of times. Uh, but this run game, if there are any positives to look on in this game, or to come from from this game, I should say, it's that the run game back to back weeks has shown an ability to produce some decent drives and really be just the calling card for this offense um you know game pace has kind of dictated it away from the running game because a lot in the past two games he's just been getting blown out in the second half and they need to mount drives quickly uh so that's something that needs to be addressed if they can manage to lean on that running game at some point and kind of play their own version of what air force is trying to do air force didn't even try to control the ball actually uh but that, i think that's really the recipe for situate for um the success of this cu offense if they manage to get themselves in more or not manage to dig themselves into these situations that they have found themselves the last two weeks. As I mentioned, the defense was very good. I think you really can't ask for much more from this defense than what they've given you. Quinn Perry was out of control today. He finished the game with 17 total tackles, one tackle for, for a loss, and he had one of the fumble recoveries. Uh, Josh Chandler Semedo also 10 tackles. He had a fumble recovery himself. Uh, Trevor Woods was playing well up until the point that he was ejected. Uh, eight tackles for him, one tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. Uh, we should also mention uh, Isaiah Lewis left the game at some point. I think it was the second quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I don't know what the situation is with his injury, but Coach Carl, Carl Durrell told us after the game that he is going to be okay. Um, but this defense, I mean, we talked about the triple option a lot. I think they were disciplined. I mean, you're going to give up some big runs to the triple option. It's just a matter of time with them. They did not allow the big pass over their heads. Uh, Air Force actually came out quite aggressive in the first half, throwing a few passes that could have been really detrimental to CU's chances in this game early on, uh, as if they weren't already detrimental early on. But you know what I mean. They weren't able to connect until the third quarter. So only one for five for Hazik Daniels. He had only eight passing yards. Uh, Brad Roberts was just a problem for this team, though. He busted big runs all game, finished the game with 24 carries, 174 yards, and three touchdowns. He had a long run of 46. 
Um, I, I mean, Air Force as a team ran for 435 yards on 70 attempts. That's a 6.2 yards per carry average. Uh, it looks bad, I know, with over 400 yards rushing, but I mean, that's just their offense. CU's not going to find see another offense probably the rest of this year that is going to run the ball as much as Air Force. So with that being said, I do think the defense played pretty well. Uh, I'm going to use this opportunity actually to talk about our next sponsor, and that is Green Mountain Dental. Green Mountain Dental has been a supporter of DMBR since the very beginning. We've had countless fans and our own staff convert to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood, Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry, like regular cleanings, orthodontics, such as removing those pesky wisdom teeth, and everything in between. Tell the team that DMVR Sports sent you and get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. If you mention DMVR Sports, you get a free set of bleach trays. That's a $350 value with a new patient cleaning, exam, and x-rays. To make an appointment or find more information, check out their website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com today. All right, um, we've talked about the game. Let's talk about CU and the program as a whole right now. There's a lot of angry fans right now. You guys have been in the mentions on the DMVR Buffs account. I see you. I understand this is very frustrating and how much this sucks for you guys. For such a devoted fan base of such a historic and once great football program, I really feel for you guys. Have a lot of diehard fans, a lot of fans that love this team and university. And you just aren't being rewarded right now. And my heart just goes out to you guys. I know how it feels to be a fan of a team going through these struggles. Uh, but these are some struggles I honestly haven't seen uh, from a team that I've been a fan of. So let's talk about it a bit. I know a lot of people are up in arms about Coach Durrell and the coaching staff. Um, and realistically, he's just not going to get fired, I think, anytime soon, honestly. I know a lot of people want him out. Just the structure of that contract, that Rich George and the administration gave Carl Durrell, it just doesn't seem possible for them to fire him and make remotely any uh, financial sense until January 1st, 2023. That's when his buyout drops quite a bit. So I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news here, but it looks like if I had to guess, Carl Durrell is going to coach out this season. Uh, what happens after that will remain to be seen. Although Carl Durrell is receiving a lot of the blame, and I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to be an apologist here or sympathize for Carl Durrell. I do think a lot of this does fall on his shoulders, um, but I think you got to follow the power or the line of power as it goes up. Um, I mean, this is just a, a situation that needs to be fixed from the top down, and I'm not gonna call for anyone's job, uh, but there's just a lot of work that needs to be done at CU. With the, the scape of college football as it stands right now and everything changing so much, CU just seems a little bit lost in the fray and uh, they need some help kind of navigating through the woods here. We'll see if they are able to get it together after this season, um, but I wouldn't bet on Carl Durrell leaving Boulder anytime soon or at least during this situation, so we'll see how that ends up. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe you guys will get what you're asking for and Carl Durrell will be out the door sooner than I initially thought. All right. With that being said, I posted uh, the, rep the tweet on Twitter asking you guys for your thoughts after the game. And we got some good replies. A lot, they made, a lot of them made me sad. Uh, the first one, Matthew Hastings says, please use a verbal description of this gif. My verbal description is a man very, very sad standing in the rain 
uh, looking with, uh, I don't even know, just hopelessness in his eyes, uh, just looking into the fray. Thank you, Matthew, for the interaction. 505 Buffs, my guy, thank you for interacting, my friend. He says, I was worried the team would quit after the first minute, but they played with heart and kept at it. How many jug machines can we buy for the wide receivers? Line blocked better. D, big turnovers. Offense was offensive to all that is. Yeah, man, offense was tough. Um, I, I agree. The defense was decent, and they were able to make some big turnovers, and the line did look a little bit better. Um, let's talk about the first minute, though, real quick. I'm not trying to bring up old wounds here. But as a Broncos fan, the the first uh, the second play of the game, I should say, it really reminded me of Super Bowl Forty Eight. I'm not gonna lie, uh, just with the the amount of I don't want to say hype, but it just felt like CU fans were going into this game with a little bit different outlook than previous games because you had JT coming in and starting at quarterback for them this week, and then as the ball fell to the ground, it felt like all hope kind of just deflated out of uh, CU fans out of the press box for those watching for CU, just like it did when the snap went over Peyton's head in the Super Bowl. Okay, promise, last time we'll ever talk about that on that sh- on this show. My God. Shout out to Chris. He says, 10 years ago, I was frustrated and sad. Today, I went to a two-year-old's birthday with no jersey or CU shirt on and wasn't wrong about how I thought about it would turn out. I don't even have hope anymore. Today is when the apathy started kicking in. Yeah, man, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, that's got to be tough for you guys. And maybe, it seems like he made the right call, though. Eden says the problems that we faced last year are even worse this year. We've changed players and assistant coaches, but we have the same problems and more. And there's no way to fire Durrell because of his contract. As I said earlier, it feels hopeless as a Buffs fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know how to make you guys feel better. I'm trying here, but that was a pretty brutal game today. And as Eden kind of mentioned, uh, it does go up the chain of command. It's not just on the players and the coaches, I think it goes up a little bit higher than that. Don Roberts says, this situation is worse than it was with Embry. Not the talent, but the landscape of college football today. Anyone with a silver sliver of talent will transfer. It will be hard to bring transfers in. Sadly, I don't think we've seen the worst of it. Uh, To be seen, Don, to be seen. I wouldn't get too down in the dumps over the future of uh, transfers and such yet. I mean, there's still a whole season to play out. And as CU showed last season, they did. They were able to bring some guys in. We have yet to really see them make an impact besides maybe Tommy Brown and, of course, Josh chandler Semedo, who's been playing great the first two games. But we'll have to see as the future moves on. Last one here from Ryan Thompson. Me and my wife are coming up from Oklahoma to the UCLA game. Dropped $700 on tickets. Not a very good return on investment, I'm thinking. Real talk is our coaching staff is getting outcoached. Had plenty of opportunities, just didn't capitalize on anything buff fan for life but very frustrating i hear you ryan uh on the opportunities we talked about those those turnovers i mean air force was good today i'm not gonna lie and say that they were bad but they really really tried to give cu multiple chances to get back in this game and potentially even win the game uh you look at the turnovers and it was of course cu had some of their own with the interceptions but Air Force had their own issues. I mean, they had some fumbles running the ball. Uh, they had five total fumbles. They lost three. CU also had two fumbles and lost two. So maybe you had the interception in there and it's three, three turnovers. They kind of wash out. But the the turnovers that Air Force gave to CU were just in such advantageous field positions. It, it really stings to not see those situations converted into points. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for me. Before we get out of here, though, I want to let you guys know 
um, that we're going to talk about the the Carl Durrell press conference in an article that should be posted on the site at latest sometime tomorrow morning. I'm going to try my best to get it up tonight. We also talked to a couple of players today. Uh, Jalen Sammy, he was playing in a kind of homecoming game. He's a Colorado Springs native and got to play in front of about 50 of his friends and family. Uh, we talked to him a bit after the game, of course, a bit of a more somber mood, but he was excited to play in his home stadium. All that to say, we also talked to Casey Roddick, and that's where I'm going to leave you guys. He came in very passionate, very upset in the post-game presser. Uh, he only talked for about two and a half minutes, so I'm going to post the entire press conference at the end of this for you guys to hear. But for those that are feeling down and are failing to see any type of hope or any you know bright spots in this situation that we're in right now, listen to Casey Roddick and maybe he could potentially sway your feelings one way or another. I'm going to check out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday. Sco Buffs. Casey, obviously another deflating loss uh, for this team. As that got away from you guys in the second half, you know, what are the heads in this team? Uh, how are they thinking right now? That's, we've dealt with so much adversity. A lot of the seniors on this team have dealt with a lot of adversity. But what just happened in that locker room, the talk that we just had, this cannot happen again. Point blank and simple. This cannot happen again. For myself, and from this offensive line, from this defensive line, and everybody else on that on that field, the the taste in your mouth that's left after that, that's unacceptable. And we know that and we and we and we see that. We see how good we can be, but it's just not being taken onto the field on Saturday. I mean you guys have been at practice. You see you see how dominant we can be. But for some reason, it's just not, it's just not coming over to Saturday. So we'll, it's going to get fixed. And we know that. From your eyes, what can fix things, you know, specifically offensively for you guys? Today was, it was, it was rough in general. I think that obviously with, with how wet it was outside, we didn't get our passing efficiency wasn't up to par. The running standards weren't up to par. There, there were just there were some head, heavy boxes. They were moving a lot, but that's no, that's no excuse for for what happened. I think that offensively. You, there's little things that you can fix. Obviously, we're down at the goal line at the two, and we have a fumble. It's tough. It's deflating. To get that, it's 20, it's 20 to 17. We're still coming back in the game. Defense played their ass off. I want to, I want to give a shout out to the defense. T. Lang, Sammy, Naeem, Josh Chandler, Rob, all those guys up in that front seven played their ass off. And to keep that game as close as it was, as long as they could, that's kudos to them. And you guys can see how great they are defensively when they need to be, when they need it. Offensively, we have a lot of stuff to fix. So we're excited for that, for this next week. Casey, you mentioned that, you know, you're down 20 nothing in this game, and you guys fought back. You know, right. And you have that chance to go to 2017. Mm-hmm. When that fumble occurs, you mentioned it's deflating. Mm-hmm. Did you see a, a difference on the sideline after that play? Not at all. I mean, we had to talk last night with this team. When you handle adversity, you ain't new to it, you're true to it. And so a lot of the guys we've dealt with so much adversity greater than football to where something happens on the field, you've already been through it. Might as well just keep going. That's the thing about it. I mean, yeah, it's deflating, but so what? Now what?